All right, guys, great to be with you today. We're going to start off with a little bit of audience participation today. I want to get a show of hands from everybody in the room, everybody who's perfect, just raise it high. All the perfect people, all right, be careful, there's witnesses, all right, all right. but all the perfect people, uh, I'm not seeing anybody, so I guess we're all imperfect. Uh, that's just a good reminder. So all of your imperfect friends, tell them to come on. Uh, we don't want the perfect people anyway. They'll mess up what we got going on. So just, just bring them on. We're all imperfect, which means we all need to grow. We all need to get better, right? All right so turn to your neighbor and say, I want to get better. All right? Now turn to your other neighbor and say, hey, they said they need to get better. <laughs> right, we all need to grow we all need to get better. How do we do that? Whatever you're doing in life, whether it's something you get paid to do, something that you have to do, something you love to do, how do we get better? You have to do hard things, right? Uh, it's kind of the uncomfortable reality. Uh, if you want to build muscle, you're going to have to lift heavy weights. Uh, if you want to become a better athlete, you're going to have to compete against people who are a little bit more skilled than you are. If you want to become a better musician, you're going to have to practice some of that music that you can't do already. If you want to become a better thinker, more creative, you're going to have to wrestle with difficult ideas. Whatever you want to get better at in life, the reality is you have to do hard things. But here's what most of us do when we see the hard thing, we want to check out. We want to go the other way. We don't naturally drift toward the hard things. But what God is calling us to, especially in the things that he asks us to put our hands to at work, whether it's a job we get paid to do or it's the work that we do in our home or in our community or in our church, God is often calling us to do the hard things. Why? Because he's got a plan and a purpose to make us better. He's got a plan and a purpose to help us grow. He's got a plan and a purpose to use our work as a refiner. Now we touched on this a couple of weeks ago as we started this series, Don't Waste Your Work, we said that one of the reasons we don't want to waste our work is because work is a gift, right? Like it comes before sin enters the picture. God gives Adam and Eve this work to do to take care of the creation. And they get to walk with God. And we, we discover together that God gave us work designed for us that's connected to what only he can do. And so we're joining with God to make the world a better place and to take care of it. And this awesome opportunity. But then sin enters the picture and immediately work gets hard. But we discovered together that even the hard parts of work are a gift. And we saw this in Genesis chapter 3 as work got hard in verse 17. And the word tells us chapter 3 verse 17 of the book of Genesis. To Adam he said, because you listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground, since from it you are taken, for dust you are, and to dust you will return. And as we read this, we're like, 
Uh, I'm not really seeing the gift in this. I'm seeing thorns and thistles. Apparently, we're going to sweat a lot. And some of you are like, that's why God created air conditioner. I'm checking out. Like, I'm, I'm not a part of this. But work is hard. But what we realize together is the hard, difficult, challenging, painstaking parts of work that draw us to God. Because what I know about you and me is if we found all the satisfaction in our job, in our school, in the things that we do, if we found all our meaning and purpose and joy in those things, most of us would never turn and say, God, I need you. And so we would continue to live in our sin and we'd be marching toward death and separation from God and joyfully and blissfully unaware of where we're heading. But God allows these hard, painful, difficult aspects of our work to draw us to him. And because of that, it's a gift. And I would tell you that what God tells us is that every aspect of our life, the good, the bad, the ugly, every aspect of our life, God is using it for a gift because God has good things for you when you're walking with Jesus. All right, that, that should ring a bell for you, uh, a verse that many of us, uh, we love it, we hold on to it, we, you know, we, we cherish it, Romans 8, 28. What does it tell us? Remember, God works all things for good, Romans 8, 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Doesn't that sound wonderful? Like, God, you're doing just all these wonderful, awesome, amazing things for me. Right, so does that mean that I'm going to say yes to Jesus and God, you're going to give me the promotion? I'm going to say yes to Jesus and God, finally, I'm getting that raise. I'm getting that bonus that they've been holding out on me on. Or, or God, I'm going to say yes to following Jesus and you're going to do this amazing miracle. And that annoying person down the hall in cubicle number three is finally going to find another place to work. <laughs> is that what this means? What does it mean that God is doing all things for good? Well, thankfully, Paul immediately answers that question in the very next verse, in verse 29. He says, for, in other words, this is what I'm talking about, for those God foreknew, he also predestined to what? To be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. In other words, in all the difficult, challenging things of your work and all the wonderful things that you love about your work, in all the aspects of your work, everything you set your hands to, God is using it if you're following Jesus to make you more like him. All of it. That is what is for our good. So when we walk into difficult, challenging, painful situations in the work that we have in life, whether I'm paid to do it in an office or I'm doing it at home or I'm in the community or in the church, whatever the work is, when it gets hard, I can know that God is using that to make me more like Jesus. Or we could say it this way, that challenges in work can bring me closer to God and getting closer to God makes me more like Jesus. So when the hard stuff comes, like I got a decision to make, I've got a board meeting, I've got a problem to fix, I've got a budget that's out of whack, I've got people that, that don't respect me or won't listen, I've got employees that won't work, a boss that's too demanding, customers that don't want what we have to offer, God, I'm struggling and I don't know what to do. 
God says, maybe I got you right where I want you. Because <laughs> finally you're talking to me. Finally, you're on your knees crying out to me. Finally, you're listening that I've been trying to reach you. And we start moving toward God, getting closer and closer, talking to him, listening to him. And here's what's inevitable. As you get closer to God, you are going to be more like Jesus. The power and the grace and the love, the, the magnificent nature of who, who God is, you cannot be with him and not become like him. And so we're going to be more like Jesus. So the question should naturally arise for us, what does it look like to look more like Jesus? What does that mean for me? Well, if Jesus is part of the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the way that I'm joined with Jesus is to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Acts chapter 2, the birth of the church, the Holy Spirit comes, and all of a sudden these people who didn't have a clue are doing these amazing works of God because they're filled with the Spirit. If that's what it looks like to be joined with Jesus is to be filled with this Holy Spirit, then it means that whatever the Holy Spirit offers, that's what it looks to be like Jesus. And Paul spells that out for us exactly in Galatians chapter 5. He says this is what it looks like to be filled with the Spirit, to look like Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit is, and then he gives us nine things. It's love. Joy, peace, forbearance or patience, long-suffering. It's kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So as I step into the hard aspects of what God's called me to work in, he's using all of that to make me look like this. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control is becoming a part of me. Now, here's what we need to realize from the very beginning here. We cannot miss this truth. As we want to look more like this, our focus has to be becoming, not doing. Now, you might be better than me and you might be able to do this for a season. You can white knuckle it. And you can do these things for a while, but what I know about every human being is that when life gets hard, whatever's on the inside shows up on the outside. And if what's on the inside hasn't been changed by God, then all that nastiness that we've been burying is going to come out on the outside. Some of you have experienced that from other people. Some of you have given that experience to other people. And what we need is not more effort in doing. What we need is to surrender to God and say, Lord, I need you to make this a part of who I am. And the only way that I know to do that is one choice. You see, in life, we think we have all these choices. Well, I can do this or that or this, or I can go this way or I can go that way. Really, you have one choice. The Bible teaches us that, we have, that one choice we have is to choose between the flesh it's the word sarks. It means the living flesh, but so often in the Bible, it's talking about the wrongful, sinful desires that we have. You can choose between that or you can choose between the freedom of the Holy Spirit, free to, to, to do what God has called us to do, what we were made to do. And the only way that I know to become these things to say, God, here's my life, all of it, take it, I surrender. I can't do it. I need you to work. And so as we pursue that, I'm gonna, there's three things I want all of us to do to be able to surrender to the work of God 
that we can become these things. You ready for the three things? Number one, I want you to pray. Number two, I want you to pray. And number three, I want you to pray. Consistently, daily, praying, God, would you take over? And so I want to get real practical today. And let's talk about what that prayer can look like as we say, God, this work is sometimes difficult. Would you use it to shape me? God, I want to be filled. I want to be formed. I want to be fruitful. God, would you shape me into who I'm made to be through this difficult work? So I want to give you nine prayers that we can pray daily based on Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit, the nine fruit of the Spirit. We're going to pray nine things. And I'm going to challenge you. I'm not going to call you. I'm not going to text you. I'm not going to email you to make sure you're doing it. But it's between you and God. I'm going to challenge you for 30 days. Would you pray these nine things to start your day? Whatever your work might be, would you pray these nine things and say, God, I'm all in with you as I step into the work you have for me today. 30 days of prayer and let's see what God's going to do. All right, so let's walk through these. You can do these in about 30 seconds as you, as you pray through them. Here's the first one. God, give me a heart of love. So the first fruit of the Spirit is love. We're praying for love. Now again, This is not something that I'm going to do. This is something that I want to be. God, don't help me to act with love. God, make me love. Lord, I want to focus on a predetermined character shaped by you rather than reactive behavior. That's what we want. Predetermined character, not a reactive behavior. So Lord, make me a loving person. Because here's the truth. You know, if you're a Monday through Friday person, when you go to work tomorrow, there's a 99% chance that there's going to be somebody difficult that shows up in your world. There's going to be somebody annoying that shows up in your world who makes you want to pull your hair out, right? And I can see some of you already been doing that. This is a hard thing for us, but I don't have to be driven to a reaction on a difficult person. I can say, God, whatever's going to come out, let it be love. Let it be love. I'm going to love this person because you got a hold of my heart. So that's our first prayer. All right, here's our second prayer. God, give me lips of praise. The second fruit of the Spirit is joy. This is our prayer for joy. God, I want to come in to the work you have for me, praising you. Now, here's what's going to happen over time. It may not happen tomorrow, but I bet within 30 days you'll begin to experience this. As you come to God and say, God, give me lips of praise, your experience of work is going to change for the better. You're going to begin to see God in your work. And here's the best part. As your experience of work changes, other people's experience of you is going to change. They're not going to see a bitter, frustrated, tired person. They're going to see, wow, that person's got joy. Even in the hard stuff, they got joy. I want some of that. And so God put that in my spirit, put that in my heart. Lord, I want to praise you in all the work. So this is where we have to get back to. You got to take a few steps back and say, God, what can I be grateful for? 
Because every single one of us in your work, you've got things to be grateful for. Even if it's, I've got work to do, I've got breath in my lungs, I've got a God who loves me, who's working for my good, I can be grateful for that. And we're going to come to God with gratitude. And as we realize we've got so much to be grateful for, we can praise God. And as we do this, I'm going to encourage us all. I want to make us, uh, encourage us to trade some things out. All right. So many of us are tempted to come to work with complaining. What I want us to do, myself included, I want us to trade complaining for celebrating. God, I want to celebrate the, the platform as we talked about last week, the platform you've given me. God, I want to celebrate the purpose and the potential that you've given me. God, I want to celebrate that I'm really struggling in this, but you have overcome this and you've given me power and strength and wisdom and love. And God, I want to celebrate that. It's going to trade out complaining for celebrating. And I want us to trade out symptoms for solutions. How many of us show up to the work we have and we just notice all the symptoms, right? The product is wrong. My boss is wrong. The customer is always, what, right, I guess. Uh, what do, God, I got all these symptoms. What am I going to do with this? Well, that's just burying us in this, this heap of, uh, of pain. Instead of the symptoms, let's say, God, will you make me part of the solution? Will you give me wisdom to bring some life into the situation? and make things better. So God, I wanna praise you. I'm gonna change my whole experience of this so that I can have a different experience for others. All right, prayer number three. God, give me ears to listen. This is gonna be our prayer for peace. And there's two people that we're gonna be listening to. Number one is we wanna listen to the voice of God. As we listen to the voice of God, this is how we receive peace from our Father from the one who loves us and saves us. As we look at the, the hard circumstances, the hard decisions, the failures, the challenges, the, the, just, God, this is hard. God's gonna say, I'm with you. I love you. I've got a plan for your life. I'm gonna give you everything you need. I'm still working. And in the midst of all that stuff, and you look back at God's faithfulness, you're gonna have a peace come over you as you listen to his voice. And as you have that peace, now you have something to offer. And the second person you're gonna to listen to is you're gonna to listen to others. Because you're gonna have that difficult person who you're like 99% sure they are wrong in what they're saying. You're gonna resist the urge to tell them how they're wrong and why they're wrong and where they've been wrong. You're gonna resist that urge and just say, let me just listen to your perspective. You know why? Because you matter. You're a person created in the image of God and even though you're wrong, you still matter. And I wanna to listen to, to who you are and, and bestow that worth and value on you. And we'll get to where we need to be on the other side, but I wanna resist this urge to speak so quickly and listen. And we will be able to make peace with other people. And you know what the Bible calls people who make peace? It calls us children of God. And children of God are people who transform their workplaces, their communities, their homes. All right, so we're gonna pray, God, give me ears to listen. Our next prayer God, give me eyes to see your love for me and others. 
This is that all too dangerous prayer for patience. All right, we've all heard it said, be careful what you ask for. Uh, be careful what you pray for. As you pray for patience, God's gonna give you opportunity for patience. Oh, all right, and we're gonna have those people who just require us to have patience. But how do we do that? Well, we gotta see the world and see ourselves the way God does. We gotta put on this lens of God's love. See, sometimes we need patience because of circumstances. Situations and circumstances and things happening around us are not as they should be, maybe not as we would like them to be, and we grow very impatient. And in those moments, we need to see our world and our lives through the love that God has for me. God has not given up on me. God didn't abandon his plans for me. God hasn't checked out on me. He still loves me and he's still working. And so I can be patient knowing that he's still working for good. Sometimes it's not the circumstances. Sometimes it's those people that we need to be patient with. And so we need to see them through the lens that God, God's love that he has for them and, and realize this person is extremely difficult, but God loves them. Because many of us, we miss this critical opportunity. There's a person in our world, in our path, that's a, a burden. And that's all we ever see them is, as just they're a burden. But in God's love and his grace and his power, there's an opportunity for that person to move from being a burden to a blessing for you and others. And what it requires, that bridge in between, is a loving patience to walk with somebody. Where God does the work that we can't do to change their heart and mind. You'll miss that opportunity without patience. All right, the next prayer we're going to pray. God, give me hands to serve. This is our prayer for kindness. God, put kindness in my heart and soul. I want to be your hands and feet. I want to tangibly be an expression of your love for other people. I'm not sure what your work is. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe you're going to school. Uh, maybe you work in an office. Maybe you work outside. Maybe you work alone. Maybe you work with others. But what I know about all of us is whatever your industry is, you're in the service industry. Serving people in your home or in your community or in your church or your workplace. We all are in a position to serve. The only question is, will I choose to do it? And not begrudgingly, like I have to, but to realize, man, God has put somebody in my path that I get to show them what God's love looks like. How could he trust me with that? What a gift. And so God, would you put that in my heart that is just coming out, Lord, that I can serve other people. Just like you did. Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. And I want to be like Jesus. And right, here's our next prayer. God, give me a mind that is pure. This is our prayer for goodness. God, would you make the things that I think and feel line up with what you think and feel? God, would you give my thoughts and my feelings a holiness to them? Now, this is sometimes one of the more painful prayers that we can pray because here's how God answers this prayer. God makes us pure 
by allowing us to experience the consequences of the things that we think and do that are not pure. As we cut corners, as we cheat, as we lie, as we act selfishly, as we act with pride, God will allow us to experience the consequences of those choices and decisions. We call it discipline. Now, I've got two kids of my own, and the way that I love them is to allow them sometimes to experience consequences of bad decisions, because if I don't, they will spiral out of control, and they will hurt themselves and others. Now, they don't like it, but it's for their love. It's for my love for them. It's for their good, because I want them to become a healthy and whole person that experiences God's blessing and blesses others. God does the same with us. And he will allow us to experience, you know, it might be that one thing that you were just railing on God about. Like, how dare could you act, let this happen to me? And God's like, because I love you. And you are out of control. And so he will allow us so he can shape us and form us into who we're made to be. If you dare pray this prayer, God, give me a mind that is, that is pure. Our next prayer does God give me feet that stay in step with you? This is our prayer for faithfulness. We want to be right in step with God. And you're going to have to do another trade here. You're going to have to trade something out. And this might be incredibly scary for some of you. And just the truth is that some of you are going to walk out of here and you're not going to be willing to make this trade. That's up to you. But what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to trade our pursuit of success for a pursuit of faithfulness. Because our idea of success may be the one thing that's preventing us from experiencing the life God has for us. Our idea of success may be so overwhelming and we're so preoccupied with it that we've left God in the rearview mirror. And we're so much more concerned about salary and position and reputation and power and benefits that character is long gone. And we've compromised on things that we never said we would compromise on. Or even as we're trying to do it with, with a good heart, we might be running after something that we're trying to be successful in that God never called us to be in. And as we're experiencing success over here, we're missing out on something God called us to be a part of over here. And so we've got to trade out this idea of success. God, I just want to be faithful. And here's what that means. It means we don't get ahead of God and we don't get behind God. Now, how do I know? You'll know that you have gone ahead of God when it starts to get over your head and you're drowning and it's overwhelming. It's too much for you because you've outpaced what God has for you. You'll know that you're behind God. You're not in step with him when you're feeling empty, like there's something more that you're missing out on that God has for you and you're not experiencing it in your life because you're dragging behind. I don't want to be drowning. I don't want to be empty. I want to be right in step with God. Will you dare make this your prayer? I want to stay in step with you. All right, here's the next one. This one's my favorite. God, give me thick skin and a soft heart. This is our prayer for gentleness. We need to have a thick skin, guys. We need to know who we are. That we are beloved children of God who God gave everything for to redeem and save and restore us. And listen, it doesn't matter what anybody else says about us. 
We got to stop worrying about that. But we're so easily offended. It's like we're looking for reasons to get offended. I think today, like we're making up stuff to be offended about. And we're just always looking for a way to just like put a barrier between us and somebody else. We gotta come back to the truth of God, I'm okay. It doesn't matter if you're mad at me, if you're making stuff up about me, gossip, I don't care. I don't care what you say on social media. It doesn't matter. I know who I am and I can have a thick skin, but you know what? I still care about you because you're a child of God. It might mean that for many of us, we're going to have to up the level of what we think is a win because for many of us, we think it's a win when that annoying, difficult person is there and we walk away and we didn't start a fight. We're going to have to do better than that. Some of us, we think it's a win for me because I shut my office door and I didn't deal with that person today. We're gonna have to do better than that. We're gonna have to leave the door open. I say, I'm gonna engage with you because you matter, because you're a child of God, made in the image of God. And God died for you. Jesus died for you. Because of that, you matter. I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna have a soft heart for you. I'm gonna care about you. I'm gonna be broken for you. Even as I have a thick skin, I'm gonna have a soft heart. And then finally, we're gonna pray this one last prayer. God, give me a spirit of control. Back to that one choice. Am I gonna choose the flesh that wants to control me? To give in to temptation? To give in to the lies? Or am I gonna choose the freedom of the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, guide my thinking, my feeling, my will, so that I can be free to do what God has made me to do. And one more trade we're gonna make. We're gonna trade out the victim mentality for victory in Christ. No person, no situation, no circumstance will ever make you a victim if you are in Christ Jesus. You have victory in him. He has overcome. No policy, no procedure, no structure, no bylaws. None of that is making you a victim because you have victory in Jesus. And nobody gets to be in control of what you do next except the Holy Spirit. If you're in Christ Jesus. God, give me that spirit of control. Again, not things we do, but this is who we become. And so I'll give you one last statement to hold on to as we think about this. What we want to get to the blessing of work, seek to be formed and not just perform. Form me. Fill me, make me fruitful in what you've given me to do, God. I can't do this. That's the whole point, guys. I need Jesus. I need the Spirit of God working in my life, which means by definition, Jesus has to be in my life. Do you trust him? You surrender to him? Are you willing to do the hard thing? Are you willing to let God work in the hard thing? But more than anything, is Christ living in you?
I think in our part of the world, we've got, we've got focused on this one phrase and I'm not really sure that any of us really even know what it means anymore. You go from one person to the next and it's a different definition. And, and we throw this question out in the church all the time, are you saved? What does that mean? Does it mean you prayed a prayer 15 years ago? Does it mean that you agree to a doctrine that, which by the way, the Bible tells us even the demons believe in Jesus and they shudder in his presence. Does it mean you go to a church? Does it mean you went, are part of a Bible study? Does it mean that you are, went on a mission trip? I'm, I'm not sure we know what that means. So I'm gonna trade that out for this question. Is Christ living in you? Is Christ ruling in your life, in your heart, and your mind. If that's the case, then that covers all your bases. You're good. It's Christ living in you. You will never have any of this without Christ living and ruling in your life. And I'm concerned that many a part of our, our culture have completely missed that. And so they're trying so hard to do these things instead of be these things. And they go to work and they're frustrated and they're stressed out. I think one of the, probably the number one pandemic of our world right now is stress and anxiety. We're just overwhelmed by life. We're bitter with people, we're bitter with situations. We're tired. We have no peace, we have no joy because Christ isn't living in us. And so we try harder, or we self-medicate, or we check out, we retire early and move on with our life, thinking that we've accomplished what we're, life is all about. And you still haven't found that, that what you're looking for, you can only find when Christ is living in you. So if you stand, I want to pray for us. I'm not quite sure what your circumstances are. Many of us I know are walking with Christ and Christ is in your life, but you got that coworker. You got that boss, you, you have that customer that you see all the time and you know that they're not. Has it broken your heart? Would you bring that to the Lord? Or you've, you've got a situation at work and you're, you've got a platform that you haven't been faithful in. Even though you've said yes to Jesus, somehow the work element has been segmented and it's time to be surrendering your life in that place, in your work to Him for it to become an all-encompassing platform. God, refine me in, even in this and use me. Or it may very well be that you said a prayer or you come to church or you agree that Jesus is the son of God, but he is not living in your life. I don't want you to leave today without making that right and say, Lord, today I'm, I'm surrendering. I want Jesus living in complete control of my life. I surrender today. If you're in any of those places, praying for somebody, praying for God to use you, or praying for God to get a hold of you, these prayer rails are available and you can come and meet with the Lord. He's ready, he's waiting, he's willing. 
we, we can come and pray with you if you like. You just wave us over. But don't miss this opportunity. I, I don't want us to just go through the motions. I don't want us to just check out. I don't want us to be like, well, I'm fine. Every single one of us have a step to take. And I want us to just get caught up in the presence of God right now and say, Lord, you do what you desire to do in me. Whatever your question is, God, my answer is yes. It's a yes to you. So let's pray. God, we love you. Thank you for Jesus, for the work that he did that he could only do on the cross. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives and dwells in us, that sets us free from sin and death and all that entraps. Thank you, God, for joining us with you to do your work in this world in all the different ways that you call us to do. God, we admit, as we did at the beginning, we're not perfect. Keep growing us to be more like Jesus. Lord, do that work in us that you wanna do right now by the power of your Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.